Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome back in here. It is the early line. It is the grid. It's known as SportsGrid.com. He is known as the birthday boy. It is Dane Martinez here. I'm Joe Ranieri. And yes, uh, it is Dane's birthday today, brother. So happy birthday to you, man. I know it's, I uh, uh, wish that we were quite honestly uh, at a craps table somewhere right. or, uh, you know, poolside somewhere along those lines. But you're here, you're healthy, man. And uh, it looks like we're going to have a draft coming up here next week. But uh, happy birthday, man. It's, uh, it's just one of many you're going to have or I've already had depending on how you want to look at it oh that's right it's a big one it ends in zero joe and it's interesting um <laughs> you know my lovely wife you guys know that i got mm-hmm. married recently at first she had a nice little atlantic city weekend for us you know playing some golf hitting the tables right that happened then she was like oh that's okay i'll get an airbnb upstate we'll do a little cabin action maybe right. play a little golf out there airbnb was like nah you're from new york city we don't want you Exactly. So instead, we will do the best of what we can. I got some FaceTimes with friends scheduled for later. People may drive by. You've seen me on uh, social media doing videos from the fire escape. So uh, there may be some people who drive by on the street and wave to me while I'm at the fire escape. But, you know, it is what it is. I love it. I love it. Now, have you... um... By some birthday celebration, it's of my worries. You know what I mean? she a baker? Is she going to get the cake thing for you? How's that work out? Yeah, you know, uh, she's working on it. She's being uh, somewhat vague. Oh, I love uh, it. Uh, you know, so she's like, hey, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So we'll see. I'll let you know next week how it all turned out. Perfect. That's all right. You're selling your birthday. And that uh, means, of course, you are uh, getting ready to next week. We're going to have a, uh, a lot of fun, guys. We're going to be uh, live and with you during the draft. It can't uh, just going to be so much fun. Of course, the old crew there from... Uh, pro football together. today, we put the, the band back together. Uh, Mike Blewett, uh, Ariel Epstein, Dane, myself, uh, we'll be with you live uh, as well as all the other uh, hosts here yeah, across sure. the network. Uh, just bringing you uh, pick one, pick two. I'm all through. We've got you covered, uh, of course, with our own uh, takes, some of our own bets and uh, how we approached it, certainly from a betting standpoint. And really, moving forward, what it means for a lot of these teams. So great live coverage coming your way here on the grid next week. And uh, we'll start diving into here, Dane, uh, some of these players I want to get your thoughts about uh, as we approach here. Because, you know, like we had talked, depending on how you, this draft goes. And what, and what I say by that is we had mentioned, listen, we... We've all spent a lot of time going pick by pick with team and team. You know, we've spent a lot of time on this show going offense, defense, who we think uh, makes the most sense. And again, needs are needs. Teams are, you know, know, if you need offensive line help, you need offensive line help. It's not that hard to figure out, Dane. So the big caveat in all of what we have done so far is the approach. And one of the big approaches, of course, is best person on the board may not actually fit that number one need teams have but there could be some people left on the board here that is just too good to pass up so that's one thing that can throw a wrench into uh into our game plan another one of course is that there's always one 
maybe two of those general managers that are in desperate mode mm -hmm. um, who will reach and who are willing to do certain things that we may say like, oh, my, that's crazy. But if they really do like a player and there's a ton of talent in this draft, certainly in the first couple of rounds, um, then that too, the trades willing to move up, willing to move down, players that could be traded. We talked about O.J. Howard, uh, a name thrown around. Odell Beckham Jr. I, you just don't know how it's going to be packaged. And then you also have the possibility, Dane, because of this year's draft and how it's a virtual draft. And Roger Goodell will be sitting in his NFL thong in his couch, uh, right. you know, That's calling fun. names out. Maybe not the NFL thong, but some sort of uh, apparatus there. He's going to be calling out names. And maybe just maybe this year, it truly is a boring draft from the standpoint of everybody's just going to stay exactly where they are and pick their needs and pick who they want. Doesn't often happen like that, but nothing uh, that we've been dealing with right now is like anything we've ever seen before. So a lot still remains to be seen, but there is at least a couple of constants, Dane. And, and I'll start at the very top here because we haven't heard about them. And I haven't gotten your thoughts on what you think about them, but I think we all are in agreement, everybody is, that Joe Burrow is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. I don't know what it, whether he's worthy of it or not, right? He's going number one to Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on this kid and the future of him? We know they're trying to bring back A.J. Green, right? 31-year-old receiver to give him a little help. They got pockets of talent on that team. But number one draft pick, franchise quarterback, Andy Dalton is still under contract, which I find fascinating that they held on to him here. Uh, which has given some people, uh, you know, pause for the cause. What is Joe Burrow to you, man? I mean, is this a guy in five years from now, Dane, we're going to look back and say, told you he was the number one draft pick for a reason? Not necessarily, Joe. Mm. Not necessarily. Like, and don't get me wrong. You know, I think he deserves to be a first-round grade. He lit up college football last year, right? You right. know, the idea of the touchdowns he threw en route to a national championship and a Heisman Trophy. LSU was a juggernaut on offense for the first time, really, yep. right? LSU was a much more conservative team under Les Miles, even when at one point they had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry as their wideouts together. But for me, Joe, it's the idea of, like, the, the potential of the one-hit wonder. Yes. The potential of just like what's hot right now, flavor of the month. That would be my fear on Joe Burrow, okay? Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State because he couldn't beat out, you know, uh, Dwayne Haskins or Justin Fields, right? And he was like, oh, I don't have a path to starting with the Buckeyes. I need to move. So that gives me already, you know, kind of a reference point up against Dwayne Haskins, up against Justin Fields and other quarterbacks. The other thing is, if you take it about a year ago today, Joe, we were talking about Tua. There were people talking about Justin Herbert. I knew who Jake Fromm was. Yep. You know, but like Joe Burrow kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. And I don't want to, like, I think he has all the tools, all the intangibles, right? He can make plays off script. I know he's got a great arm. I've seen it happen. He did it against top notch competition in the SEC. Yep. There are plenty of reasons to love this pick especially also you talk about him in cincinnati right an ohio native it's just the story is so perfect yep. i kind of believe joe that andy dalton 
will remain with the Cincinnati Bengals as the perfect kind of tutor, mentor, bridge. It could be like a, oh, all of a sudden, week five, week six of the right. season, they hand the keys to Joe Burrow. We have seen that before. I think he's worth it, but I'm just shy of thinking that he's like this generational talent. I do not think he's Deshaun Watson. I do not think he's Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You know what I mean? But I do think he will have a representative NFL career. I think he'll be better than, say, Andy Dalton. Right. But I'm just not with everybody thinking he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, it's it's so hard because of the thing that single-handedly determines the success of any number one quarterback, guys, number one drafted quarterback, is where uh, you land, right? Uh, it's all about location and coaches, right time, right place, that kind of thing. Many guys, I think, uh, in the past were just – they yes. had great college careers. They came out. They got drafted really high. Expectations thrown to the – you know, it, it was never like that. It used to be the Aaron Rodgers way where you come in, you sit behind a, uh, you know, a Brett Favre for a couple of years, and then we hand the reins to you. But that, that went out the window. Too much money, too much time, too much pressure for GMs who have to hit. Otherwise, you're done. So they're going to give their guy – uh, the best chance to succeed, but that doesn't work for everybody. Wrong coach, wrong team, just not not good. Um, and that, of course, is the uh, that is the big unknown to me with with Joe Burrow. Uh, while he had a ridiculous uh, college football season at LSU, he had three prior seasons, guys, in college uh, at Ohio State that were not nearly as impressive. Uh, and that's the problem. Like so. Either he's just flourished there as a senior in LSU into this unbelievable quarterback, or he was more a product of his environment than he was actually anything else. I think he's good. I think Cincinnati puts him behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see what kind of coach Cincinnati is. And let's face it, you're going to draft him with the number one. This guy's your franchise quarterback, number one pick, right? There are a lot of safer other picks. You could pick Cincinnati, right? You could go Chase Young, and nobody here is going to question it. Nobody, nobody's going to go, how did you pass up on Joe Burrow? Uh, and, you're like, well, you went with Chase Young, a guy who many people think, when you start getting comparisons to Lawrence Taylor and a guy that is going to go after the quarterback and rush the quarterback, the hardest position outside the quarterback to get, the safest position, if Cincinnati were to go Chase Young, Dave, what would your reaction be? It'd be fine. You're right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, listen. Cincinnati, they need the quarterback. It's kind of like the story has already been written. But to right. your point, Joe, yeah, Chase Young is the best football player in this draft. Okay, and, 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 and Chase Young out of Ohio State, you know, when I'm just giving you like kind of the comparison points, the reference right. points, and when I talk about Joe Burrow not necessarily being able to beat out the reference points of Dwayne Haskins right. or Justin Fields, the reference points for Chase Young are Nick and Joey Boza, right? And everyone at Ohio State says, this guy's better. Okay, Nick and Joey Boza, they went pick three overall, pick two yep. overall to San Francisco and the Chargers, and they are both, you know, all pros right now. Joe, literally, if you go, and I think this is hysterical, I wanted to mention this to you, um, but if you look at the uh, future odds for the NFL Defensive Player of the Year, okay. Joe, four out of the top six choices have the last name Watt or Boza. That's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely hysterical when you think about J.J. That's crazy. And T.J. Watt, and then you think about Nick and Joey Bosa. But getting back to Chase Young, yeah, absolutely, okay? I think that, but when it comes to Joe Burrow, one of the things you just said, Joe, is um, you're a product of your environment, Yes. right? And we have talked about this on a lot of different levels here on this show and on this network, Joe. There's 
I don't know. We could we could argue about the number, right? But there's like five or six, seven, whatever quarterbacks in the NFL who they are the reason their team is good. Right. They raise all boats, right? They make everyone around them better. You know the names, right? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, right? All the true studs. Joe, right now in the NFL, there's probably 15 quarterbacks, okay, that start right. that if you put them with a great head coach in a great scheme with weapons, they'll be a playoff quarterback. If you put them in, you know, the wastelands of the NFL with poor coaching, right, they look like poo. Yep. Okay, And so I believe that Joe Burrow, his career will be one of those kind of 15 quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. right. I believe that he will not be the reason. He will not lead a team to the promised land like I think you know, six or seven or eight quarterbacks in the league can do. He will more likely be a team, be a quarterback where if everything around him is good, he will be able to take you, you know, far in the playoffs as he develops if everything around. So Zach Taylor, the second year head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe, you're up, okay? And he was from this Sean McVay tree. You know, he like rubbed elbows with McVay for like five minutes. So we yep. got an interview and got a head coaching job. I think you're right, Joe. His environment, his situation, his coaching and development is going to be very interesting. When we did, Joe, the like first round picks in the NFL, and I told you there was like 24 or 23 of them in the league. If you go a little bit deeper and you look at which one of those had good offensive minds helping them and which ones were bad situations, you'll see real clearly right. what kind of the perception of them as a quarterback are. So I think Joe Burrow will fit into that category instead of like, future MVP dragging a team to the promised land on his back. Let me ask you a question. Um, and it's, it's hypothetical, though. Sure. But if Marvin Lewis was still the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. what do you think Marvin Lewis would do with the number one draft pick this year? It's a good question. I mean, you know, there's so many other kind of contingencies and what-ifs around that. Now, again, keep in mind, Andy Dalton – is That's, on this team and under contract for one more year. Do you think Marvin would give up the, the chance to go get a Bosa LT, uh, a guy that, and this is the unique thing about it, is I, I can't remember the last time where if you didn't draft the number one quarterback but went with the guy who people should say go number two, if you draft him instead where they'd be like, I can't believe you passed up on the quarterback. It's so unique that you got two guys, theoretically, yeah that you can build that side of the ball around. One with Chase Young, and they're hoping Joe Burrow, but I think there's a lot more confidence in Chase Young being able to build the defense around him. Right. I'd be interested on what Marvin would do here if this was still yeah. his team. Listen, I think, and you hear this a lot of places, that Chase Young is the more safe pick because if you project out three, four years, like there's a better chance he'll be a pro bowler than Joe Burrow. And Wouldn't I, they you, keep him and draft like, Jordan Love, the on. I mean, if they could, they theoretically not go they, ahead and just get a quarterback later in this uh, draft. They could, and the other thing is, like, listen, <laughs> if 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 Marvin Lewis was still the head coach last year, would right. they have pulled Andy Dalton to see what they had in Ryan Finley? Right. You know? yeah, that's a good point. One overall pick, and would they would be like, nah, nah, nah. Let's try and just build around Andy Dalton. Yep. Like, because I believe Andy Dalton is one of those 15 quarterbacks that if he was in a great situation, maybe yep. he could win a ton of games. He has been a playoff quarterback when yep. they had a defense. So I think it's a completely valid question. Yep. Only a year previously that I remember someone taking the stud defensive guy instead of 
everyone who thought was like the lock generational talent. Right. Remember the Houston Texans took Javion Clowney yes. over Reggie Bush. Bush, that's correct. Reggie yep. Bush was going to be Barry Sanders, Gale Sayers 2.0, and was obvious, right? Right. He went Jadavion Clowney instead. And all I've got to say is Jadavion Clowney's still in the league. Yes. And, and commanding potentially $17 million a year. Yep. There's Reggie Bush. Yeah, well, that's because uh, he didn't go near the Kardashians, Jadavion, so yeah. that was good. Uh, that was the kiss of death for Reggie. But uh, listen, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, the options that are available to Cincinnati. I, nobody's ever talked about them. Nobody mentions them, Dane. But, you know, the reality is you've got a transcending defensive player at the top of this draft. Yep. They can't go wrong, and they still have a veteran quarterback on the roster. So interesting stuff there. We'll continue along that train of thought. We'll talk a little bit about Chase Young and want to get your thoughts all right, still to come here, we got uh, plenty of draft talk uh, to talk about here, Dane. I want to get your thoughts on the offensive linemen uh, in this draft. We got four very large human beings with big asses getting ready to, uh, to be drafted. I, which one of them do you go, man? Which one do you go? I, we kind of know the teams. I think most teams can use them. So the question is... Where do you go? Which one, in your opinion, is going to be, of course, the, uh, the best one there, the one that's going to fly off the guard? We'll talk about that. Uh, and besides Chase Young, who's the next best defensive player off the board, and who do you think is going to have the best career? We'll do that. We'll, uh, we'll give you our thoughts. We'll get you prepped and ready to rock and roll for the draft. It's coming up this week. He is Dane Martinez. It's his birthday. I'm Joe Ranieri. It is the early line. And this is SportsGrid.com. And we will be back right after this. So if you're on Pluto, don't go anywhere. And if you're on YouTube, don't go anywhere. Honestly, we'll be back in, in just a couple of minutes and we'll get the ball rolling. And do not forget, mark it down now. Thursday night, we're going to have a day. We're going to have live draft coverage, man. Live. We'll be there. That's right. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in here. The early line on the grid. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez celebrating a birthday that ends in a zero. So he is, um, you know, it might be a little out of it right now, but it's all right. If he was a football player and had a number, um, that number would also end in zero. I am sure about that. But Dane Martinez uh, is getting ready to draft. We're going to bring the old crew back for you. The band uh, coming up. On Thursday night, uh, the old Pro Football Today crew, Ariel, Blewett, uh, Dane, myself, and, of course, a rotating cast of, uh, of all your favorite hosts here on SportsGrid.com chiming in on their favorite picks of the draft. Live, we'll be doing it, so you definitely want to make sure, if you haven't done so, subscribe to us on YouTube. Make sure you download uh, Pluto TV. Uh, hit us up on that as well. So a lot of really cool stuff is coming your way. But we're talking about the draft here, Dane. And we just talked about, and nobody has talked about Joe Burrow 
Uh, everyone just assumes he's going to Cincinnati, which, again, probably is. Um, but neither you nor I are very much sold on the career prospects of him. Uh, timing is everything. Location, where you land as a quarterback, speaks more about the ability of the quarterback than anything else. Uh, and also, we talked about Chase Young really is one of those can't-miss defensive edge rushing. Uh, I mean, and that's across the board universal. So uh, fact, we had talked about, listen, I would not blame Cincinnati if they took Chase Young's to safer bet and then got a quarterback later on in the draft with Andy Dalton still on the team. But, you know, with any quarterback, Dane, you're going to need some people to block for him. And there are a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk where I count them. I think there's four offensive linemen, offensive tackles in this draft that many people think once they start going, there's going to be a run on them. Obviously, we talked about it. The Giants uh, at number four certainly might look towards uh, upgrading the offensive line, but they're not alone. The Jets. I mean, you go down the list here, Dane. A lot of teams need offensive line help. You got four studs yeah. uh, there, but the question is, when you look at this draft and you look at these guys, who in your mind is the best one? Who should be the first off the board, and do you believe that it's going to happen that way? Yeah, so I think it's a good question, Joe, about these offensive linemen. The first thing you said was the ability about like protecting young right. quarterbacks, and at least the way I've mocked it, those four offensive linemen that we're talking about, and in no particular order for now, we're talking Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, we're talking Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, we're talking Mekhi Becton out of Louisville, and Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Those, when you keep on hearing people say there are four offensive linemen, those are the four that the scouts are kind of having as top-end first-round grades, okay? And ironically, in the mock that I did, I have all four of them going to a team with a young quarterback in their second or third year trying to develop, and all of them going within the top 11, including our Jets snagging the last one at number 11. But I do think it's interesting that these all go to teams with young, developing quarterbacks. And as you've mentioned, number one is to prioritize them. Now, among these four, okay, um, Makai Becton, Joe, is a mountain of a man. Okay, this guy is 6'7", Joe, 365 pounds. Okay, it's huge. So think more road grader, run blocker. Okay, that's what I want you to think there. And Andrew Thomas is another one in that vein. Okay, 6'5", mm -hmm. twenty-five. They say he's more of a run blocker, needs to sharpen up still some pass blocking skills that he has. So I'm going to say those two are... The third and fourth ones off the board. Okay. The four, because it seems like I'm not di diminishing them at all. They belong as top 15 picks. But the other two, Wills and Wirfs, seem to have a little bit more agility, seem to be better in the pass blocking game, and seem to be guys who can kind of like do it all with those, you know, kind of tools that they have. So if you ask me who's the first one off the board, I think it's Wills or Wirfs. Okay. I Becton and Thomas are third and fourth out of those four, but I think all four of them are gone by the top, you know, uh, definitely by the top 15 picks, and in my first mock, gone by the first 11. The first one, I think, goes number four to the New York Giants, Joe. Mm -hmm. and, oh, and okay. I, all right. I think it's Jedrick Wills. Okay, I think it's Wills. Remember I said Werfs or Wills are the two that I would personally prefer? Now, um, Wills has a little bit more length mm -hmm. than Werfs. 
okay, has the same agility. But the other thing that I think is important here, as you know, Joe, Dave Gettleman has an open line to Nick Saban, okay? And I think that the Nick Saban uh, endorsement Mm -hmm. means a lot to the giant front office, okay? And so I think with all things being equal and works and wills, I've seen them go kind of, you know, first or second, a lot of mocks. I actually think that the endorsement of Alabama and Nick Saban and getting into the ear of Gettleman, I think the New York Giants, Jedrick Wills, the tackle out of Alabama as the first one of these four off the board. I think they all go by 11, okay. but I think Wills is first, and I think it's because he's not only just the kind of like punch-you-in-the-mouth powerful guy. He can run block, but he has the agility to help Saquon Barkley out pulling as well. Yeah, it's... Uh, it- they certainly need to help, and it's, uh, it's interesting because some of those guys, like you said, they're a little more stationary, big-bodied kind of. Right. It's a different right. style of offensive yeah. lineman, if there, it, and there is such a thing. Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, Giants going to need some help. Jets yep. going to need some help, all and of that. You there you go. So I just said the four, right, right. that I be gone real quick, and I mentioned how they are all tied to young ascending quarterbacks, at yep. least the way I think it plays out, you know. So, yes what I call the quote-unquote dancing bears that have a little bit more agility, I think are the first two to go, and that's Wills and Werfs. But I connect the dots all to teams with ascending young quarterbacks. So for, at four, the Giants, I think, get uh, Wills, right? The next one off the board for me is Werfs. I think he goes at pick number eight, mm-hmm. supporting Arizona and Kyla Murray. Remember, yet another yes. quarterback that you want to develop. Yep. I think the third one, who in my opinion is Makai Becton, that one, I think, goes number 10 overall to the Cleveland Browns. Same theme, right? You mm-hmm. want to support the development of Danny Dimes. You want to support the development of Kyla Murray. You want to support the development of Baker Mayfield. And we've talked about how the new head coach, you know, is kind of doing this in the quote-unquote right way. They've already brought in Conklin on the offensive line. It's another indicator that they're trying to protect Baker. And then at number 11, Joe, you and I both know that Joe Douglas the new GM of the Jets is looking to build an offensive line and revamp that pr- to protect Sam Darnold, a third-year ascending quarterback. And I think the Jets will still have Andrew Thomas out of Georgia on the board at number 11. And I think if he does, especially because, as we've talked about, the depth at the wide receiver position, right? the other big kind need for the Jets, I think they can get that in the second round. I think they go Andrew Thomas, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, as the fourth of these big four offensive linemen at pick 11. It's, um, it's interesting because uh, they're not great, sexy picks by any stretch of the imagination, but offensive linemen, stud offensive tackles never really are. And if you can get one in that first half of the first round and you have, like you said, those young quarterbacks, there is... Uh, it's almost uh, you have to. I mean, you got to fight not going with the crazy wide receiver or the crazy defensive back or anything along those lines. You got to go and get yourself that uh, that offensive lineman and protect your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, but we mentioned Chase Young, and now there's a lot of debate after Chase Young as far as who is that next defensive player, the best defensive player, whether it be a um, And there's a couple of uh, stud defensive linemen coming up in this draft. Uh, You know, Brown uh, certainly, um, you know, comes to mind as somebody that you're going to have to look for. Uh, Javon Kinlaw is another one out of South Carolina. Teams are going to be absolutely hot on. But 
You got, you got a couple of linebackers, and you've got a few defensive backs. Yep. Um, in this draft, shut down, but they they all do a little something different. Uh, but I don't know when you look at the defensive position afterwards, and if we are going, let's say, best player on the board, and you are the Detroit Lions at three. Chase Young's gone. Joe Burrow's gone. The best right. quarterbacks off the board, and the best uh, um, you know edge rusher is off the board. If you're going to take, you know, Matt Patricia, if you're going to take the best player and you want defense on the board, who are you going with? If you're going to go best defensive player available, Joe, I think the choice is between Isaiah Simmons, mm -hmm. the linebacker out of Clemson, and Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State, okay? Simmons can do it all. Versatility is actually kind of one of his big strengths, yep. okay? He can go sideline to sideline, can go back in coverage, come up and help support the run. He is a do-it-all linebacker, and, you know, we've seen that out of Clemson before. So that is definitely there. For, for the cornerback position, Joe, there's Jeff Okuda, who I've talked about. And right. at the same time, though, um, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback out of Florida, is starting to zoom up draft boards, right, in terms of, um, I guess, thinking that he has the athletic skill set to kind of do it all, right? He is that freak. Um, and if he was more of a, he may be more of a press man right. kind of cornerback. I personally, though, think that if you're Detroit, of course you could go best player available. I also think, though, that there is a need that is staring them in the face that helps dictate this decision, Joe. Mm -hmm. And I've said it on this show. If you're going to go defense, right, I think the, the, um, the weakest part of the Lions' defense is still in the back half. Okay, they were, as I've mentioned, 32nd, dead last in the yep. NFL last year against the pass. And remember, in the offseason, they have already shipped out Darius Slay, yes. their number one cornerback to the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think that you, you, you talk about best player available. I don't think it's a stretch, and it's still in the best player available conversation for them to still also address a need, and that would be a cornerback. I think the pick for the Detroit Lions is Jeffrey Okuda the uh, cornerback out of Ohio State. I think he's just, you know, I think he's the best cornerback on this board, and it it kind of just makes a good fit for me. I think Detroit goes Okuda at three. Yeah, and and listen, I don't think you can necessarily go wrong with either, um, but I, uh, and it's, it's interesting because there are a number of defensive players, especially at the top here, Dane, that are... Uh, they are kind of game changers here. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think, and that makes it, you would think it makes it easy, right, for, uh, for general managers and for yeah. coaches. But, you know, there's a lot that also comes with that. And, and one of it, Dane, is that you're going to be answering the phone, especially at that what? top half, right? All throughout Thursday night, teams are going to be answering and getting calls from other teams who maybe, Dane, especially at the bottom half or at least the middle to the bottom half are – they feel a couple of players away, right? Like one or two real good players away from being able to contend where guys at the top are usually train wrecks and uh, they need a lot. They got to start somewhere. So they can't really go wrong, you know, if they're going with some of these top players in the draft. But if you had to bet, if you are a betting man here, Dane, um, who is that team picking up the phone and making the first trade of the night. Now, we may not have any trades, guys. That could very, and I would not at all be shocked if that happens, given the, um, the unusual circumstances around this draft with no doctor visits, no 
you know, only being able to zoom bomb guys and everything else right. along those lines. So it wouldn't surprise me, and I think it is an option, and that could very well happen. Uh, but on night, uh, on Thursday night, Dane, as, uh, as we're all on air covering this, who's going to be that first, you know, uh, trade? What team is going to trade, do you think, in order to get, uh, to get a player that they feel is really gives them an opportunity to get to that next level? Yeah. You know, where I'll start first is the idea of, like, the valuable positions in this day and age in football. Right. And, and we see that in the free agent market. We see that with the idea of the value of the quarterbacks, right? I think it comes to pass when I just told you mm -hmm. that Detroit may go Okuda over Simmons. Because think about it. Everything is geared to the passing game. Yes. And on offense, that means your priorities are to have a quarterback and to protect the quarterback, right? That's so correct. that's why your left tackle gets money. That's why quarterbacks people trade up for every single year. On the defensive side, we're sort of seeing the same thing, Joe. The, the, the premier positions or the well-paid positions on defense mm -hmm. are if you can rush the passer, right, and if you can cover, right? And so that's why I think Akuda over Simmons is kind of important because of that positional value on the defensive side. Right. Seeing Chase Young as talked about. So that is also the key to where I think the first trade could happen. Okay. We have talked about this a few, uh, a few days ago already, Joe. You and I, we kind of convinced each other that one of these quarterbacks might fall, Tua or Herbert, right? And once we get past five and six, um, and if one of those quarterbacks are still on the board, right? right whether it's because uh, the Chargers are going to go the Cam Newton route, whether it's because there was a trade or something like that, if one of those quarterbacks mm -hmm. are still on the board after pick six, that's when I think the phones start ringing. I'm with you. I don't necessarily think, and we've talked about this before, the idea mm -hmm. of trading with Detroit or trading with the Giants to leapfrog Miami. Okay. About that possibility. I don't think that's where it happens. I think you're right. In this draft with no pro days, no physicals, we may just go static in the first four or five picks, and teams will be happy to get studs at positions they need, guys like Wills, guys like Chase Young, and I don't right. think that's the action. I think what happens, and in my mock, I, I implemented what we discussed, the idea that the Chargers are, are a win-now roster and a win-now team, and it doesn't make sense for me to go quarterback rookie at this level. They believe in Tarad. They have a win-now roster. They've right. made signings in free agency for other veterans. I think their window is right now. I actually have them getting the other stud defensive guy and going Isaiah Simmons at six. Ooh. In my draft, what that means is Tua Tagovailoa is falling. And we've seen reports that this is possible, yep. okay? So what I believe, Joe, is when the Panthers are on the clock at seven, right. and Tua is still on the board, I think there's an opportunity for trades to be made. Whether And I think it'll be with one of those teams, Joe, that we're going defense. Remember we talked about right. teams that may go defense in the first round, yep. right? And this is the supply and demand issue. I don't, for example, think Arizona at eight are open for business. Right. They want one of those offensive linemen. I don't think the Cleveland Browns at 10 are open for business. They want one of those offensive linemen. I'd say the same thing about the Jets at 11. Right. So in this universe where you have Carolina and you have Jacksonville, who we thought may go defense. You got 10 seconds here, because I want to get to more of that over there. All right. I think a team goes up to get to a, in the back half of the top You 10. think it's going to be offense. It's going to be that first defense. We'll talk about that, too, as well. Who's going up to get what next yep. here on The Grid?
DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in here on this, uh, on, I can't believe it here, this, uh, this Friday edition here of the early line on the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez here as we continue to work our way through the NFL draft coming up here uh, next Thursday, guys. We're excited as we'll finally get three days of actual, um, I don't know, like, uh, you know, anything really that uh, that has happened that we can talk about that isn't conjecture, that it's actual boom. We can say this person got drafted. This is it. What does it mean? I mean, we're good, Dane, through at least uh, the first week or so into May. We're going to have a lot to break down with the draft. And we will, along with a whole lot of people, Dane, be spending more time on the NFL draft than collectively uh, many people have done their entire lives. But we are going to have that for you live on the grid. That's going to be Thursday. You're not going to want to miss it as all your favorite uh, hosts here across the network, uh, including the Pro Football Today with Mike Blewett, Ariel Dane, myself, uh, and just uh, just about everyone. I, I think even we might have a cameo by, like, uh, like Mike Cardano uh, it is absolutely going to come from his basement. Uh, and we might get his thoughts. And, uh, of course, Cardano's our boss, so we got to say nice things about him. Uh, but, again, he'll be there. Uh, Sussman's going to be around. We'll have uh, all the crew here is going to be there. Jared, who I know um, yeah. you, in fact, uh, coming up uh, later today, you and Jared got uh, – you guys have been all over this. In-game live, right? I mean, you and Jared have been uh, covering this now for a while. What was his – uh, who does he think is going uh, to it? Does he think that two is somebody uh, that people will actually trade up for, like we were just talking about? Or is Jared very conventional and just think the Dolphins are going to get him? He hasn't gone to the Dolphins. He thinks okay. that uh, he thinks that you know Tua and Herbert go five and six. Um, I just believe that the Chargers are more win now, and so they look to uh, get a, an immediate need in the short term. And I think you know, as we've discussed, they have other options at the quarterback position. Make sure you guys check out uh, Jared Smith. We love him. Been on the show uh -huh. here. Him and uh, him and Dane got you guys uh, covered. Coming up here on the in-game line for a couple hours. Everything you need to know. In-depth breakdown coming your way so all right let, let's finish that conversation yeah. then because you're you do have Tua uh, maybe fall a little bit and somebody trading up to get him so that yeah. might be the first trade uh, that you think is going to happen but what about defense if there's going to be a defensive player traded here uh, traded for in other words a team is going to move up we know Tua if he's available right and happens to get past six there's a good shot. It won't take long before somebody wants to come up and get him. But what about defense? Uh, you mentioned Simmons. You mentioned Akuda. Um, the draft could watch some guys like that fall backwards over here. Uh, where do you th or who do you think really would be willing to go up to, let's say, um, you know, Akuda? Let's say Simmons falls down, right? Uh, let's say we're getting towards, you know, somewhere around the 10th pick or so, and one or two of these or both of those guys are on there. Who's that team that would be willing to move up and go get themselves one of those defensive players? 
Yeah, and you know, it's a complicated thing, Joe. We talked about this a little bit yesterday mm -hmm. as it related to what Atlanta yes, makes yes. want yep. to remember. And so for me, you know, after, if in this environment you get past the Chargers, right? Mm -hmm. You're looking at Carolina, you oh, think yeah. they spent yep. at seven. We're looking at Jacksonville, you think may go defense at nine. And then honestly, Joe, we don't necessarily see a defense needy team until the middle of, of the, the team, round, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that is why I don't think, Joe, that someone trades up to get their defensive player. I, in fact, think that, call it Jacksonville, for example, I think they can trade down and still get the level of Got defensive it. talent they want. Carolina can trade down and still get the defensive le you know, talent they right. want. For example, at that level, right, the, the bottom of the top 10, the, 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 the beginning of the first half still, there's guys like, uh, like I said, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback out of Florida. There'll be Javon Kinlaw, the rusher out of South Carolina. There'll be Derek Brown, right. a D-tackle out of Auburn. So for me, those are like the three guys that are in the next tier defensively. But if you're a team like Jacksonville, who stands at nine, right. you can fall back and still get your guy because you know Cleveland wants to go O-line. The Jets want to go offense, you know, that sort of thing. So I think you could actually take the calculated risk to trade down and still get the guy you want. And that's where my first trade happens. And then I look at other teams that are nearby that have trade capital, have a lot of draft picks, have okay. the ability to move up and might be intrigued if a guy like Tua is still on the board. Yeah, and, and so, I do. I think you got to take that in consideration too. Number one, Jacksonville's got two they got the ninth and the 19th, guys. Uh, the Raiders have two Back. in the first round, uh, the 12th and the uh, and the 20th. So they those teams have enough cachet, Dame, where it's interesting uh, enough. I, they have the ability to be able to go get um, and make a move and swap. And exactly. uh, I'm with you. I do think exactly. they're if, if quarterbacks to get past number six. Yep. I think there are some opportunities there the to trade up. If not, I think all the fireworks are going to happen from that 10 to 20. I right. think when guys are going to move up, because there is a guy, you know, listen, Denver at 15, they got both sides of the ball to fill up. It would be great to have a, a weapon uh, for, to go with Noah Fant and Cortland That's Sutton true. for your big-armed young quarterback, but because the wide receiver position is so deep this year, they'll have an ability to get somebody in there for them but what they do need is they got look, no more Chris Harris. That defense is still good, but they need help back there, especially in the secondary. So maybe they love CJ. Uh, you know, they love um, uh, the kid out of uh, Florida there so much, Henderson, that, you know what, sitting at 15 and they're going, I, I think he's going to, you know, I, I, I'm worried. Here. I'd like to move up and go get him. Uh, and there are a lot of people thinking he could be him and Akuda are – right there so yeah i think that 10 to 20 dane is where we're going to start to see some of those fireworks yeah you mentioned two uh two teams that do have those picks right jacksonville at nine and at yep. 20 the raiders at 12 and 19 and that is actually where i have my first trade happening okay i have the raiders joe going up to go get to a yes uh, and the raiders listen you talk about first round picks the raiders though have three Third round picks, right? Crazy, so the idea right. of what you have to do in order to swap and move up like three picks, one of their three third round picks can also be collateral. I think, listen, if they're staring there and they know they can make that move up and grab Tua 
what kind of buzz would it be as they move to a new stadium, give the new shiny toy? You also, to be quite honest, maybe a similar scheme fit as Mariota, not Derek Carr. Right. Maybe Carr is the quarterback on the outs, Joe. We've heard even at the beginning of the offseason, right, the idea that maybe Gruden is not in love with Carr. The, and they brought in Mariota as competition. I think if they have a chance um, to go up and get it and one of these quarterbacks that they like falls, they may be a team. The other thing you mentioned with the wide receiver market, right? There's so many. So maybe teams can take the kind of calculated risk right. and go elsewhere and think that there will still be wide receivers left yep. for them. And I think a lot of teams could do that, Joe. When you hear about Judy and Lamb and Ruggs and yep. Jefferson and others, teams may want to get that stud, but they may also have other needs that fill that, you know, there aren't as much supply of. Yep. I'm going to very interested to see which teams pass at first on the wide receiver, making the calculated risk that one of the wideouts that they like will still be available for them later on, whether that's the Jets at 11. We've talked about that. If they go O-lineman, what wide receiver would still be there when they pick early in the second round? Right. Whether that's, in my mock here, the Raiders, who everyone knows. You've said it. Mike Mayock says we need to address the wide receiver position. But in this mock, they prioritize the opportunity to go up and get Tua, and at 19, where they pick again in the first round, yep. in my mock at least, Henry Ruggs out of Alabama is still there, and yep. they can snap him up at 19. So the, the supply and demand, especially at the wide receiver position, is going to be interested to see, like, is there a run, or does everybody start to wait, and does the wide receiver position as a whole mm -hmm. start all down boards. Yep, a lot of a uh, lot of question marks uh, hanging out in that uh, in that draft, and yep. a lot of fireworks uh, early and possibly uh, right there in that ten to what? twenty guys, guys shuffling yep. for position to go get that one player that they want uh, and don't want to lose that on because right. wide receiving needy teams because the of the plethora of opportunities there is to draft this year. Maybe it's all right. I, Instead of going that way, let me go get a defensive player that I truly want. Let me go get that person now, and then I'll work my way back to getting the wide receiver and value in the second and third round. Right. Uh, interesting enough, too, I figured I wanted to bring it up, Dane, uh, the, because we had talked about it this week with the uh, Christian McCaffrey contract setting the market there for uh, setting the market for running backs in the league, and, and we talked about how uh, we don't get it, uh, and I love Christian McCaffrey. I'm happy he got $16 million a year, but uh, it makes no sense. And, and forget about Carolina. We knew the ripple effect. We went through every running back, Dane, that was going to look at that now and go, oh, really? So yep. he's worth it. Well, you know, the, uh, the effects are being uh, heard loud and clear throughout the NFL. Now, we know Dalvin Cook is working uh, and, and so is Minnesota. They're both working to get him there long term. And, okay, that's good. He is a very valuable part of that Vikings team as Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. Especially now that Diggs is gone, it's important that they get Dalvin right. Cook signed up. Uh, but he's also been injury plagued, so we don't know if it's going to be for the $16 million. But the other guy that we were pointing out, and I guess it was just a matter of time, uh, and it was funny. We were just talking about this team with Joe Burrow. Well, it's going to suck for Joe Burrow if Joe Mixon's sitting out, which is exactly what he is threatening to do now as reports are coming out that mm -hmm. while it's great you have the number one pick um, in Joe Burrow, but man, oh, man, it would be really good for Joe Burrow if he had 
a weapon out of the backfield like a Joe Mixon to kind of help him along this process of getting acclimated to the NFL. And he's got one year left. And then, of course, he's right. going to want to get paid. And we kind of had a feeling it was going to happen. It's happening sooner rather than later. Uh, Joe Mixon's already apparently putting the word out that, you know, he was also drafted with McCaffrey in 2017, uh, and he's been stuck in, in football purgatory there in Cincinnati. He's a stud. I don't know that he's going to set the market, but at the same time, uh, Cincinnati needs every available weapon they can get, and he's already saying, yeah, I may not be here, guys. Yeah, you know, and remember, Joe Mixon coming out in the draft had mm -hmm. some uh, off-field concerns. Yes. Right? And what pushed him, he was not a first-round pick. Though, That's correct. By Christian McCaffrey, That's right? That's correct. So rookie deal, he's making even less. I think he's slated to make just over $1 million this year in the last year. 1.2, I think, is the number that I saw. And, and you know, Joe, yesterday we talked about it. We talked about, like, what are the conditions for your team to think it's okay to spend that money on running back, right? Yes, we yep. talked about where are you in the cycle? Where are you with the quarterback position? Where's the rest of the, the division? What is the window? You know, because especially at the running back position where so many teams go at it with a committee approach, yep. the lifespan is very short. We see guys that were stud running backs now not able to kind of be starters necessarily. The name Devontae Freeman comes to mind. So is it worth it? And right. so for me, the question is for Cincinnati to make that exact calculus, right? Is Joe Burrow the man on their rookie contract? Do they have a window of opportunity? And is it smart business to spend that money on someone who I believe is an elite running back? Yeah, absolutely. These are, not, these are never, you know, uh, concerns about the player. It's more concerned about the player and the fit at that point of the cycle and if it's a smart business decision. And I don't know that it will be for Cincy, Joe, because honestly, by the time the Bengals are again playoff contenders, will Mixon still be in his prime? Yeah, but I don't think Mixon is anywhere near what McCaffrey got. Although, listen, Mixon's got three years in a league. He's got about 3,000 uh, 3, total yards. That's more than what McCaffrey and Kamara have as a rusher. In fact, um, Kamara hasn't even rushed for 1,000 yards in a season yet. So while they are certainly good from the pass-catching ability, Mixon is good, but again, Mixon's had some injuries. I think he's a lot closer, and you mentioned it. He was a second-round pick, so he didn't yeah. get the, the first-round money early. I understand what he's doing. I don't think he's anywhere close to McCaffrey. I don't think he's even gonna, he's gonna ask it of that. I think he's much closer to, like, Austin Eckler, who got $15 million guaranteed, that kind of thing, over the contract. I don't think he wants to set the market. I just think he's saying, listen, I can get paid the first time uh, before I go out there and do this. You know, I, I think somewhere in the top 10, even 5 through 10, as far as running backs go, um, I think that will work for Mixon because I think that's actually uh, what he's worth. Yeah, you know, you talk about right now, CMC at the top of the market, right? Resetting the market. Right. It's different. You know, I mean, Melvin Gordon <laughs> got signed this, you know, last month and got far less, right? And here's the thing. With, even with these wide receivers, and we see it, right? Everyone sets the market for someone else. Like Michael Thomas was real happy when Julio Jones signed because right. of what that means for his negotiation. And so we talked about there's a lot of running backs that are coming up, whether it's Saquon, whether it's Cook, whether it's Henry, whether it's Dixon, you know, Kamara, these guys are all going to shape 
the market, right? And to right. see where Mixon fits in. Sure, maybe it's not above McCaffrey, but if I'm Mixon, I'm looking to see what deal uh, Alvin Kamara gets. I'm looking to see what deal, you know, Nick Chubb gets mm-hmm. uh, to be able to try to slot in at a representative place. Yeah, it's um, it's going to start. Kamara, Mixon was just in there, Cook. Um, and now that this is out there, it'll be very interesting to see if Cincinnati dives into a running back in this draft here um, and see what they have going on uh, with that. So yeah. if the negotiations don't go well, but again, I don't blame uh, Mixon, in fact, if you know, they would be you hire yourself a new agent if this isn't even a topic of conversation right now because you didn't get paid the money you were worth. Um, you know, they got a great value on you now. You know, it, it's time to pony up. If you're rebuilding and you have Joe Burrow, it'd be great to have Joe Mixon uh, right behind you, who's just as young and I think best years are ahead um all right that does it dane it is his birthday uh make sure that you guys reach out to him at spit and speeds there on twitter make sure you wish him a happy birthday make sure you have a safe weekend enjoy the weekend get ready it's going to be all draft all the time uh all and i mean all week long leading up to the live show on thursday so dane happy birthday brother we will talk be safe this weekend and guys we'll talk to you again on monday be well DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.